Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to bring on Marissa Hull to rock your world with some reptiles. And this is a GPS first, ladies and gentlemen, the first reptile expert and the only one that matters, let me tell you. The only one that matters is going to rock your world with how to make your event exciting and memorable. So make sure you stay tuned because it's going to be an amazing conversation full of experiences, awesome reptiles, and just blowing your mind of what's possible at your next event. Before we dive into that, I want to talk to you because you're a world changer. You're changing the world with your thoughts, with your actions, with who you're being and how you're showing up. And I want to support you however I can. Number one way to do that is to stay tuned to the 12-hour marathon. Keep tuning into this. Subscribe to the podcast. I'll share how you can do that in just a second. Uh, But really stay plugged in to what we got going on here. Number two, are you ready to get your message out on the 12-hour marathon because I'm here to support you. Whenever you're ready, let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk to you about getting your message out to a bigger audience to make the world a better place and help people become their greatest possible self with your message. Next, I want to help you because you are ready to get your message out to the world with a podcast. You are ready for the next level of impact, of fulfillment, of happiness, of success. And I want to equip you with the the tools, the skills, the abilities, the strategies, the processes, and the systems to help you launch your podcast. So whichever stage you're at, wherever you're ready to move into the next step, I want to support you. You can get a hold of me through email, chris at beyourgps.com. You can send me a message on Instagram at I am millionaire Chris, and you can also find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns and send me a message there. I look forward to hearing from you and supporting you on your journey. Next up is the iTunes review of the week, and this week, let's see who it's by. It's by Sports123789, and Sports says, awesome show and host. Love Chris's infectiously positive attitude, inspirational and uplifting. Thanks so much, sports. I appreciate you. If you want to give us a review, well, first off, go subscribe. Go get all the latest updates and episodes for Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self straight to your device, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, the Google Play Store, iHeartRadio, whatever. We are on just about every platform that podcasts are hosted on. So go find us there, subscribe, and get all the latest updates. And if you want to help us keep growing, go give us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve it even more for you to make it even better. So thanks so much in advance for doing that. We appreciate you, and this wouldn't be possible without you. So thanks for being here. I'm going to introduce Marissa in just a minute here. Before that, though, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes, be ready to grow yourself in this conversation and really take your event experiences and how you integrate unique elements that make them unforgettable, that make them memorable and exciting. Make sure that you're ready to take notes on these because it's going to be gold and really empower you to succeed 
and connect even deeper with your audience and make an epic event. So let's introduce Marissa and then we'll bring her on the screen. For 18 years, Marissa has enriched lives in a simple yet profound way. Through interacting with snakes and other reptilian creatures, in, in 2009, she graduated from Malone University with a BA in biology. She has had the privilege of giving exhilarating, hands-on reptile presentations at corporate events, schools, parties, churches, libraries, nursery schools, and even nursing homes. Marissa was awarded as one of Stark County's most interesting people. She was also featured in the Akron Life magazine on News Talk 1. 1480-WHBC and performed at the Palace Theater Entrepreneurs Organization Cleveland, the Alive Festival, and Wizard World Comic Con. She was also flown to LA for Discovery Channel's show Snaketacular, who dubbed her one of the world's leading snake experts. She hopes people who see her show will be filled with wonder and that it will help them live the rest of their lives with a sense of awe and curiosity. And we are blessed to have Marissa with us here today. Marissa, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! You are live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you for being here and sharing about your wisdom that you've, you've totally dedicated your life to connecting with animals, with nature, with providing people with a sense of wonder. And I, I acknowledge you for, for going this path and also for bridging that world, which there may be a certain number of people already doing that, but bridging it with the, the modern world, bridging it with technology, bridging it with social media and educating people today and corporations on what's possible. So I just acknowledge you for being a pioneer in that aspect and, and empowering a lot of people. Oh, thank you, Chris. I'm just like so happy to be here. Yes, I love it. I love it, Marissa. So let's dive right in to the theme of today. Today's theme is, does your why make you cry? And so I want to just ask you, Marissa, how has this concept really shaped your life and impacted you in your journey? Yeah, Thanks, Chris. That's that's an excellent. I love that. Why your why making you cry? It definitely it does. <laughs> I get so excited and so passionate. It often brings me to tears. Um, yeah, and so basically, I was like, what am I passionate about, and what kind of impact do I want to have on others? And it, you know, it, since it moved me, I thought. I'm going to let what moves me eventually move others. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So it's like you really, you had to get clear on what you were passionate about, what made you come alive. And when that happened, yeah. then you can start sharing that with other people. But first people have to be curious, like what is it that makes them come alive? And that was a big part of your journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about you as a professional. I mentioned it in your bio and in your own words. What do you what do you stand for? How do you serve your clients with reptiles, with providing these these unforgettable, memorable, and exciting events? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I started when I was super, super young. Mm -hmm. So I actually caught my first snake when I was only six years old. Wow. Yeah, Natural. I, I vividly remember I was walking <laughs> a dog with my dad, and my dad said there's a snake right there. And I remember saying, can I catch it? And he was like, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and of course, I did want to. Yes. So I caught that snake up and I tried right. identifying it. And that was the first snake that I caught and released. Um, but yeah, that was the first one. And um, from, in my life was kind of working through uh, circumstances that maybe were like, 
not ideal. Like I loved all animals, but since mm. my brother was allergic to like everything, I had to get reptiles or toads or frogs. And so that's what I did. I started getting all of those animals. That's kind of how I started, I guess. Yeah. What What's different about reptiles than let's say those other common house pet animals? Yeah. Um, well, for one thing, they're less work. Mm. <laughs> so if you're going to get one, uh, they don't just run around and leave hair and they don't tend to have any noise, uh, except for maybe frogs going, ur, ur, ur. but that's right. kind of cute. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're fascinating. So they're quiet, they're subtle, but they mm. are something we can still learn a lot from and just have a lot of value in, in seeing it. it's just being you know, filled with wonder about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. And I, I wanted to tap into that specifically and we'll, we'll go back into your journey and talk about your, your career evolution as a <laughs> reptile expert and in, in these different, you know, corporations and events that you've been able to, to help have these yeah. incredible experiences. Before that though, I just want to talk about the, the wonder aspect and how that's important for you. And especially as a okay. professional to bring that into your, your presentations and your events. Tell us a little bit more about that and, and how you provide that. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So um, when you're outside and you see like beautiful things that God made, it's just when you, when you look at it and you kind of study it and just mm. let it sink into your soul, mm. it, it really fills you with a, a deeper richness to life. Yeah. And uh, and so that's what I like to do, just closely observe things. When you look at the details of a flower or of a reptile, and you, you really look at the intricacies, it just, it causes a certain pause within. Yeah. And I just, I love that. And having that curiosity makes you think, huh, I wonder. And you start to have a sense of question. And that's what ignites me to want to learn, to be a learner, to be a studier, because yeah. I see things and I have questions and then you seek answers. And I, and I think that that just kind of the, the student mindset and the sense yeah. of wonder just really enriches life. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's as soon as we say, I know that, or we close <laughs> ourselves off to learning, it, it yeah. shuts down the the playfulness, the the mm. uh, excitement about what's possible, you know, it shuts down the, yeah. the possibility. Um, so I know that you also bring this into corporations and events. Tell us how you how you bring that with your reptile specifically. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's, you know, I guess every age, whether you're a kid or an adult, for some reason, a lot of times animals get segmented in with children mm. and I, yeah. man, you know, when I'm doing like a, like a school, I think about like the teachers, like this is continuing education for them. Yeah. Like when do adults have an opportunity to, to learn from animals and it just doesn't seem to happen. And so um, I believe that this is kind of a neat way to open up adults to look at other things. I mean, how did people learn about flying? Did they study birds? And, and just all these different animals show us a new, a new perspective that you might not have seen otherwise if you hadn't studied nature. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. So I think that what I hear is, in corporations, in events, we can bring a, a whole new sense of like wonder of uh, being being interested in the work. Like, how mm -hmm. else can I look that look at this? How can yeah. I innovate? How can I bring fresh perspectives? Yes. Like, those yes. are all different advantages that kind of come together with this and seeing things mm -hmm. from a new angle and kind of going back yeah. to to the basics of how can I how can I be a student again? How can I be in wonder yeah. as an adult, as a teacher, as someone who who is you know teaching the next 
generation or just might might have gotten into this groove of every day just showing up and doing I don't want to say the same thing over and over again but you know we we have our responsibilities we have our job duties and sometimes that can get repetitive so how do we how do we make things fresh and fun and exciting yes yes yeah. definitely so cool. So I want to go back into the journey. You said you caught and released your first snake at six years old, which is incredible. How did your your journey of, of being passionate and excited about uh, animals and specifically reptiles, how did that evolve from there? Yeah. So um, from there, I, I kept some toads. The first one was a toad and a salamander. <laughs> and then I remember when I was a child, I read a book and my dad was impressed. So he took me to the pet store without my mom as Ooh. a reward and well we come we came home with a pretty little green snake yay <laughs> yeah so that was my very first one mm -hmm. and um actually when i was 12 years old my cousin and my aunt both said hey marissa you have all this collection of little animals why don't you bring them to our school and educate our students about them? Yeah. So my first educational performance is when I was 12 years old wow. um, and went to their schools. Hmm. And um, so my parents, this wasn't their gig, but, hmm. but they loved letting us pursue our passions at a super early age as, as their kids. And so my dad prayed that somebody would come into my life to help me with this interest because it wasn't his. <laughs> <laughs> And so what happened was my sister was going to a college down the road and a professor who had just moved into the area, he stood up and said, hey, if anybody wants to learn or like snakes, come talk to me. Wow. So my sister came home to her little 13-year-old daughter. I mean, sister, not daughter, sister. <laughs> and she said, uh, hey, this guy likes snakes. You can go meet him. And so I did. That was Dr. Christopher Carmichael. And so at 13, he had 200 snakes. He had alligators, lizards, turtles. I mean, gold mine. Wow. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So I did my science fair project on alligators. And um, yeah, so I ended up obviously getting my biology degree from there. And I gave tours at the college all during my teen years. Um, and then moved on from there and uh, continued doing animal shows. That's amazing. So it's almost like you started at a young age and you recognize, hey, this is this is something I'm passionate about. I want to just keep doing it. And a lot of people, they're they're trying to figure out who they are into their late teens, into their 20s, and even into the 30s and 40s. Some people sounds like you were you're pretty blessed to have this kind of uh, you know be immersed in this environment, this experience, and this this career from a very early age. Uh, totally, totally. Yeah, that's incredible. You're you're definitely blessed in that aspect, and uh, I know that you're you're definitely supported as well in being able to get this message out to more people. I, I just want to shout out to your husband, who's an amazing human being, Andrew Hall. Yes. You're a rock star. Uh, I know he'll he'll be listening to this at some point. So uh, he's he's just incredible pe person, and you're surrounded by powerful people. And I want you to know that you're you're so supported, and and I know that faith is a big part of of you as well. And you know just being supported in that. So I just acknowledge you for showing up and, and listening to the hints. A lot of people don't listen and you, you just say, Hey, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to do what comes to me naturally. These snakes that jump into my path at age six years old, that's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. And you know, Chris, you mentioned that, you know, some people, they're not sure what they're going to do when they're you yeah. know, 30 or 40, but that's, that's kind of the neat thing. I've had some people come to me after a show and think, man, I chose the wrong career. And I tell them, you know what? You're still alive. 
Like, mm. you can still choose mm. another life path. Maybe yeah. I'm doing reptiles. I might do it my whole life. But hey, I might choose another path. I can totally do that. I'm free to do it. Wow. Wow. And it's just like, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. And I think Absolutely. that there's that, that element of wonder. Like, I wonder what's what? next. Like, this has served me and, and what's next. And I think you yeah. can bring that to, to schools and organizations, corporations, things like that as well, saying, hey, maybe you've been doing things a certain way up till now, but let's mm-hmm. let's bring some fresh energy, some new perspective, innovation, be willing to, to try new things and see how that evolves. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, so good. So I want to dive into seeing some of these beautiful, beautiful creatures oh, and, and learning some lessons and, and what you want people to really get. Because I know you have a, a, a wide array. And in this, in this portion of our time together, we're only going to be able to have uh, you know, time to share about a couple of them. But I do want to get to know your, your friends and family over there. <laughs> well, I'd love to. So <laughs> one second, I'll get out some of my kids. Okay, well, this first one is from Australia. Here he is. Ooh. Yes. This is a bearded dragon. Can you see him good, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah. So he's a pretty cool animal, and he's he's called a bearded dragon because, look, he's got this little, little extra beard under here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they have something that's super special to scare things away. You've probably seen pictures of frilled dragons with the big fan that comes yeah, out around their yeah, head. Yeah. So this guy, he's got his uh, miniature size, but it does the trick. Um, mm. His actually pops out right here. It's his beard. It's got cartilage mm. underneath here. Um, and it turns completely black. It only takes about 120 seconds and turns black from here all the way down to the first part of his chest. Wow. And uh, he'll fan on his belly and look really big and <sighs> open his mm. mouth. Wow. And he looks super scary um, and scares things away. So what, what kind of predators might be going after after the bearded dragon? And what, what does a bearded dragon typically eat? Yeah. Um, so they're omnivores. They eat meat and plants. Like okay. omni means all. Yep. And um, predator-wise, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that is mine. No, not that. No. <laughs> oh, dear. He's going up on the head. <laughs> He's like, I'm a bearded okay. dragon. I do what I want. <laughs> That's that's cool. I love how you also you integrate these different principles and qualities and characteristics about um, animals, and you're studying them to say, hey, what does this animal do that I can bring into my own life to to be able to you know step into a certain characteristic or quality even more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's inc- that's incredible. So uh, the bearded dragon is a beautiful, beautiful creature. Do you name your Do you name your uh, pets and your animal friends? I do. His name is Bloke because he's a boy from Australia. He's a so bloke. Get out, bloke. I love it. So cool. Awesome. He's awesome. Bye, Chris. <laughs> bye, bloke. 
<laughs> Bloke the Bearded Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, that was a big quality of in terms of like taking a stand for something, and I think that that that's important. For, for people wherever they're at in their journey, whether it's, you know, yeah. someone working a, a job or kids up and coming because, like, it's important to know what you stand for and to not let, like, something that is is out of alignment or, you know, that kind of goes against our values, not just let that keep going, but know that we have a voice and that it's important for us to stand up for what we believe in. Yeah. Actually, you said alignment. That's my word for the year, alignment. Ooh, I love good. I love it. I love it, Marissa. Well, <laughs> we are aligned with learning even more about more creatures. Who's next? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. This one's name is Popsicle, and it was my mom's favorite. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Look. It's got a blue tongue. Wow. Wow. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh it's a really cool animal. And um, this is called a skink, S-K-I-N-K, a skink, uh -huh. a blue-tongued skink. And um, this is also an Australian species. And what what, what is, is it about Australian animals that you're you're fascinated by? <laughs> yeah, I know. I even went there because I was like, man, I have so many Australian animals. I got to go there. So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So tell us more yeah, about the honest, skink. They just have a lot. They just have a lot of cool animals. In That's Australia. so cool. I love it. So um, the skink, Mr. Mr. Yeah. And Mrs. Popsicle? Mr. Popsicle. Mr. Popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> but you can just say Popsicle because you guys are friends now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit more about Popsicle and what you, what you especially, you know, in, in the corporations and uh, at, at schools and churches, all these different events, you know, you're yeah. able to really teach a lot with each individual animal. So what else, what, what do we need to know about pop, Popsicle and the skink? Yeah, so Popsicle, you know, he's from Australia, so he's facing a lot of the same predators that the bearded dragon would face. Uh, but this guy, as you can tell, he's got no beard at all, nothing going on there, not a single hair. Yeah, <laughs> no beard. And so, you know, a lot of times we will look at others like a bearded dragon and think, wow, that's so cool. That guy's got that beard. He could stand against his fears that way. Man, I don't have any beard. What am I supposed to do? But, you know, each of us are designed different. We're gifted differently. And that's what God made us. Mm. And this guy, he doesn't have a beard. But, dude, this guy, he's got a cool blue tongue. So when the animal <laughs> comes along, he just kind of goes, and he sticks his tongue out and he scares that predator away. <laughs> so, so the blue tongue is what scares the predators away. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So why why is its body so long? Like, I mean, I'm sure different aspects of these creatures are just evolutionary. Like, hey, that's that's how it happened. You know, it just it is what it is. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm curious if you can highlight the features more because I notice it has like kind of short arms but a really long yeah. body. It's it's yeah. really interesting. Yes. Um. Great question. Yeah. Good observation too. By the way. Yeah. 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 So this animal is really good at kind of slithering yeah. through the the ground, the leaf litter. In Australia, we sell skinks, a different species, but they're hard to catch because really? when they're slithering around, boy, it's they're really low to the ground. They can yeah. go inside holes and stuff. And so his body is really equipped to go inside of holes because yeah. um, there's actually no space between his scales, so nothing can get stuck between his scales. Wow. Um, and he can just tuck his little leggies back and slide through the ground, through holes, all of that. 
um, really easily. So he his movement is a little bit robotic and a little bit like a snake. So it's kind of yeah. a scoot, slither, scoot, slither. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah. he does. He, he's a niche animal. He, you know, he changed and modified himself, you know, to, to be in the niche that works well for his survival. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I notice it's kind of like a snake head with a, a snake body and then like some lizard arms, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and his big ears. You see his ears on the side? They're yeah. Kind of big holes. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a cool animal. And by the way, it's not trying to scare you away. It, it didn't mean to be rude sticking his tongue out like that. <laughs> it's just kind of smelling around a little bit. But when it wants to scare something, boy, its mouth flies open. Its tongue is really big. It's shaped kind of like a spade. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very large, large tongue when it wow. wants to be scary. Yeah. But it just it just gives hugs for me. Oh. So cute. So do, I'm curious in terms of, you know, when I think of a dog, I think of like, usually it's really affectionate and loving and, you know, wants to, to like be man's best friend, you know, some, some animals, not so much like cats, I, yeah. I wouldn't say are as kind and like uh, friendly. <laughs> Typically, some, some, some people might beg to differ, but I found that dogs are really friendly. Um, how yeah. do you feel? Do you feel like each species varies? Um, is, is it also not just species dependent, but creature dependent and personality dependent based on on each creature yeah I, i'd say that's a that's a fair assessment there yeah um but like if dogs are man's best friend let's just leave it to the dogs i mean they, they've got a little niche on that area <laughs> um the reptiles a lot of times they would recognize like their owner but yeah. at the same time it's not like a tragedy if they were to get rehomed to somebody else they, they'd right. be fine they'd right. be heartbroken yeah wow. <laughs> So, so um, I'm curious in terms of emotional connection with yeah. with these reptiles. What have you found in terms of just talking to owners of them, or um, you know, what do you share about in terms of connection and personality when you go to to events and stuff? Yeah, well, a lot of people who own reptiles are really close to their reptiles. Yeah. Um, and if they're not, a lot of times they feel really bad. Like I even mm. had a lady approach me today, like. I'm not holding my snake. I think I need to give it a new home. And I told her, well, don't feel bad. It, it doesn't have to have love. It, it's okay. <laughs> but at the same time, you do want every animal to to have, um, I don't know, a certain quality, not not quality of life, but that mm. its life is giving more quality. Yeah. So, you know, that it's either helping the environment or it's helping to educate or it's bringing fascination to people. So, I mean, if an animal is kind of kept away by itself, I feel like it's not living the life it's supposed to live. Yeah. So I'm okay with, you know, obviously that. But, um, yeah, a lot of people will cuddle with their snakes, watch mm -hmm. movies with them, with their lizards. And they're kind of nice and therapeutic. They're not begging you for food. They're just being there, yeah. gently moving around on you. And mm. a lot of people find it very, very fascinatingly uh, therapeutic, like I said, like yeah. a little massage. I don't know. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so, so cool. Um, cool. Cool. So that was Popsicle. And we want to meet our next new friend. Who is it? Ninja. Mm. Ninja. Ninja. This one's going to be Ninja. Ninja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You want to take a guess what color it is? Uh, black. <laughs> you got that right. Hey oh. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's not a black mamba. Cool. <laughs> right. The most venomous snake in the world. <laughs> this is you are the snake whisperer, Marissa. <laughs> they are very quiet. <laughs> Yeah, Ninja is a black milk snake. 
Mm. Yeah, it's from South America, which a lot of times I'll highlight the locations where they're from because mm. I have animals from all around the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this snake is really cool um, in many different ways. It okay. has some some lore kind of attached to it, some legend. Mm. Um, people used to think that snakes milked cows. Super really? weird. There's actually dragon stories about dragons milking cows. I don't know what it is. There's something there. But at any rate, they don't milk cows. That's silly. Um, but they do like to live in barns where they can eat mice and that kind of thing. So that's why they were in the barn setting. Yeah. Um, now, this snake has a really interesting feature. So it has not always been black. So it actually used to look like, I'm going to show you another, another snake. Sure. It used to look like this other snake. I'm going to show you. When I was a kid, it looked like this. What? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's like red and black and white. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And this snake, it looks kind of like a venomous species of snake, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a coral snake. Yep. yep. Um, and so, so this little milk snake here, now these are two different species. This one actually stays smaller and stays this color. Okay. But the black one used to look like this, but when it became larger, it turned black. Hmm. So the idea is when it was smaller, it has more predators. Yeah. So it wants to scare the animals away, you know, thinking, I don't know, is it venomous? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And so they'll leave it alone. Um, and, and when it gets larger, the black one turns black because it doesn't have as many predators. So, you know, it's, it's moved on. It can be in stealth mode, right? right? Like a ninja. Yeah. 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 That's, that's so cool. And I, I, I think it's fascinating too, like how camouflage works and how different markings work in the animal kingdom. You know, it's like we, it's almost like to us, we're like, oh, well, of course it's not dangerous. It just has different colors and markings, but an animal like is going to pay attention to those, to those things and have a natural like fear response that, Hey, this could be a, a venomous type of snake because they have this color on them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, as far as like something I learned from this, I guess I'm going to be real with you and tell you exactly what I'm learning in my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of deep, but I was thinking about, I'm, I'm very um, kind of self-aware and, mm -hmm. and I've been very self-aware for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I found is that I found out how I work well um, mm -hmm. as far as like eating and sleeping and, you know, journaling and exercise. Um, but I had a certain way I was that worked very, very well for who mm. I was. Mm. But I started realizing um, on Sunday, like, you know, I'm actually becoming a new somebody. There's, yeah. It wasn't that who I was was bad. It worked mm. really, really well for that setting. But I'm going to become something different. And so basically like this snake, I need to realize that I might have looked like this. And that might have worked out ideal for my circumstances. Mm. But now I need to let myself grow and let myself change, even if that looks different. Wow. I love that. I love that. And and it's interesting, too, because like you said, the, the red one right now, it's not going to change colors, right? It's not, that's, no. that, that is what it is. Um, yeah. How, what determines whether or not something changes colors or it doesn't? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I would say some of it is just adaptation. Mm -hmm. um, but but this one doesn't get large; it actually stays this size. Right. And so, actually, if you take the metaphor metaphor a little bit farther, yeah. like these two used to look the same. Wow. And so sometimes, you know, the same people you were with, like you mm -hmm. were like them, yeah. 
but you need to go ahead and step out and, and be more. That's incredible. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And also, I think, um, what? how do you relate that to, like, the, the snake shedding its skin? Um, do, you, do you have any, like, lessons about that that you, you teach at your live events? Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, especially, actually, sometimes I use a cockroach. Mm. And uh, cockroaches are really fascinating because I actually went to go check on my cockroaches one time. I used to use cockroaches for my show. I actually don't have them right now. Uh-huh. But I, I checked on them and I thought it was dead because mm. the cockroach was just laying there. Right. And then I realized, oh my gosh, it is not dead. That is only its skin. In fact, my cockroach, which used to be brown with no wings, was now white and it had wings. Wow. And I was like, what even happened here? <laughs> so, <laughs> so what it taught me was that that cockroach if it would have stayed within its skin and it would have grown out and burst out, it would have died. And in order to grow, it actually needed to take away the old and become something new. And in fact, it even had wings, which was so cool. Oh my gosh. That's, that's rad. I love it. I love it. So um, any, any other big lessons that you learn about snakes? Like, does anything else come up to you, you know, with, with how snakes live their life or um, just, you know, other traits or qualities of the snakes that you think are important? Yeah, I mean, a few random things, I guess, you know, kind of like uh, snakes that, that strangle, mm. you know, they constrict. Mm. Yeah. And how a lot of people see that as like a, a, a one thing. They think, oh, it's a constrictor. It's going to strangle. It's going to kill me. And it's like, uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> For one thing, it just kills the prey, right? Right. But it has other ways it can use its strength. So there's not mm. only one way to use a strength. There's multiple ways. And so it'll also use that constriction strength when it's like climbing a tree or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, the holding on aspect. So sometimes when we, you know, as people have a strength, there's not only one way to utilize that strength, you know, there's multiple ways to utilize a strength. Um, so yeah. don't just be the quick, quick grab, like, oh, I like animals. I'm going to be a veterinarian. Mm. No, I don't need to be a zookeeper. No, you know, there's other mm. avenues that we can take. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's like each, each strength can be executed so to speak or applied in different ways that that create different benefits that might fit and serve people differently you know for example a snake who constricts may not be living in an environment with trees so it wouldn't it wouldn't serve it like there's no application of climbing trees in that specific environment but you know like if it lives in environment trees then it can use that gift in that way Uh, so I think it's, it's it's fascinating yeah well said and I guess another thing that kind of comes to mind is snakes with their tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, the tongue, as most people know, the t- they smell with their tongue. Well, I mean, they don't exactly smell with their tongue. They have an organ in their brain. Well, not brain, but in fact, in their head there. Right. It's called a Jacobson's organ, and okay. it has two little grooves for their tongue. So their tongue goes mm-hmm. out, it gathers information, then it goes back in, and that processes it. Wow. So the tongue is almost like a spoon that, you know, gives it information. Wow. Um, but it's forked. So, you know, sometimes we're going in our lives, what we need to do is we need to gather information from over here and over here and have that perspective so we can triangulate to see what all is going on so we make a choice, explore, well-rounded. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. I love this. This is, this is so great, Marissa. <laughs> Bomb.com. So awesome. So um, we talked about a bearded dragon. We talked about a skink. We talked about some awesome snakes, too. Uh, do you yeah. have any more creatures for us to, to sure. be inspired I, oh, by and learn one, from? This one's a little crazy. Ready? 
Wow. Look at that tail. My goodness. Isn't that beastly? That's gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dinosaur. <laughs> wow. This is Spike. Chris Spike. Spike. Yeah. Hey, Spike. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Chris? What do you think it does with that tail? Any ideas? Whips things. Yeah. He's like, watch me whip. There. <laughs> now watch me whip. Now watch me nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is crazy. Another dance move. This is called a dab lizard. A dab lizard. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and the other name for it is Euromastix, which means whip tail. So, Ooh. Um, this is an Egyptian. So that's kind of cool. Hi. And this lizard, you can see the wrinkles on its belly. Yeah. And um, it's really well equipped to take a stand. So what this one does is this one goes into little rocky cave areas. It puffs its belly out, so it's all nice and bloated, and it's wedged in there. And then sometimes it uses its tail and makes its tail a door. And that's not a very friendly door. Wow. So when it's all puffed inside the rocky area and it's got its tail there, you know, it's really taking a stand. And sometimes what we need to do is we need to use the resources that we have. You know, mm. this, this guy's got its core. You know, it's got its tail and all the things within it, and it needs to stay there and make a stand. That's incredible. <laughs> so cool. It's cool so animal. This is, this is from Egypt, you said, right? Yeah. Wow. That's, yep, it's, and it's actually an herbivore. Its favorite, favorite food is flowers. Ooh. Yeah. What? It's an, er, it's an herbivore, but it also oh, it just uses the tail for, for defense. defense? For defense, yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, would it be in when it's being chased, so to speak, when it knows yeah. it's in danger, then it goes to the rocks, solidifies itself, and then gets the tail ready to, to spring and yeah. un unleash on someone? Something? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it can do that. Or even if it's the resting, like if it's kind of sleeping, it might want to sleep in a little cave area mm. and, you know, just be in there. I know this from a personal experience. So I have a smaller one that I couldn't take to shows for two years because I gave it such a cool cage. That every time I went to go catch the lizard, it would run into its little cave and do oh. that, and I couldn't get the thing out. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're like, well, okay, uh, I'm grateful you found your perfect home. Like, you got, you got to, <laughs> like, we need you out here. You're to me, your, your master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your stage is calling. Come on. <laughs> I was like, that's it. We need to rearrange your cage a little bit, darling. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh Do you God. see how fat its tail is? It's, it's really thick. It's thick. Yeah. Yeah. So animals that have, like lizards that have thick tails like this, yeah. they actually store their fat in their tail. Wow. So it gets all of its resources, you know, whether it's, uh, it's food, mm. all of that. And I think about me, like, you know, all the things that maybe I've learned or I've gleaned, things I've become, and it, and it stores it right here. So then when there's a time of, of need or a time of crisis, it can actually pull from the reserves that it already has to help mm. sustain itself and keep it going. Wow. What, what determines whether or not a, uh, a lizard or is it, is it technically a lizard? Yeah, it's a lizard. Yep. Technically a lizard. So um, can, what determines whether or not they can grow or they can regrow their tails or not? That's a great question. Um, some can and some can't. I don't know exactly, you know, what along their, their line has determined that. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me like when they especially need them, they don't mm -hmm. tend to lose them. 
Mm. So typically, like, you know, this one's got that first defense. It's not going to want to lose its tail. Right. Um, right. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's a good question. But as to losing tails, what happens? Actually, can I show you another one that does lose its tail? Yes. Okay. All right. This. Ooh. This is the Russian legless lizard. Wow. That's a lizard? It's a Yeah. Wow. What's the di what's the distinction between a lizard and a snake? Without legs. Well, a lizard without legs. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different properties. Um, hmm. But like some of the easy ones that I point to typically is like this one has ear holes. I don't know if you can see little holes inside yeah. of its head. Yep. It has ear holes. The so snakes do have some ear bones so they can feel some vibrations and that kind of thing. But they don't actually have ear holes per se. Wow. Um, and then this guy has eyelids so he can blink. Snakes, they sleep like this. <laughs> So it's weird. <laughs> um, and this guy does lose its tail. So some um, lizards, obviously, like we were saying, lose their tails. Some don't. Yeah. Um, but no lizards. No uh, snakes. No snakes lose their tails. Um, so what happens in this tail here is actually in different parts of the tail, it has different fracture zones. And uh, so when it loses its tail, it can lose it at one of those fracture zones and grow it back. But like, like Chris, if you had one of these and you accidentally, like, say, shut its tail in a door or something like that, and mm -hmm. the tail fell off um, by you, like, severing it, it might not grow back. You'd actually have to take it to a vet and get it recut at a fracture zone so that it grows back. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it it wouldn't know, like, hey, I lost my tail at a unfracture zone. I'm going to relose <laughs> my tail at a fracture zone so I can grow it back. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. No, that would be great. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> you know what? If people were a really strong selective pressure on this population, maybe that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds like the uh, the legless lizard has some evolution to go through. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, a, it's a cool animal. <laughs> it and is. really, it's losing information. So it's not like getting anything back. So as far as like, did animals evolve from basic organisms? I, I don't believe that. But they do. They do uh, adapt to their environment. So yeah. this thing obviously used to have legs, and now it doesn't. Yeah. And it's just adapting to the niche. The niche group. So if it survives, and if it breeds, and it passes on its genes, then those are more likely to continue. <laughs> Man. Yep. Um. This lizard, actually, I was thinking about this one today while I was driving in the car, yeah. and I was thinking about, like, it looks like a snake, right? Right. To the untrained eye, it looks like a snake. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, like, sometimes in, in our lives, like, we have um, areas that we don't, we don't know about, mm. like, we're not sure, and we actually need to hire an expert, like, like me, or like you in your field, to, to help point things out to us, to show us, you know, different areas mm. of, you know, of weakness or of growth or whatever, to help us determine that. So this is kind of a hire an expert kind of animal, you know, yeah. that reminds me sometimes we need to do that. That's, that's so true. It's like, you know, something might appear one way, you know, someone, let's say someone's having a, a challenge getting the greatest productivity out of their employees and they think it's, yeah. oh, well, they're, they don't have enough support. They don't have the right systems. They don't have the right tactics or strategies <laughs> when mm -hmm. really they have some stuff going on in their home life. And like the, yeah. the organization, the boss didn't even know that, but it took an expert to be able to distinguish, hey, is this a work problem and a systems problem or is this a, you know, employee at home problem? Yeah, well said. Exactly. Mm. Exactly mm. what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that is the legless lizard. And where is that yeah. one from again? What country? 
actually that one's a Russian. Wow. Yeah, my, my great grandpa came over from Russia. If you go to the Statue of Liberty, you can see our uh, last name. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's yeah. so cool. And so these these species, the mm -hmm. species originated in in these different countries, or yeah. like they're physically yeah. from there to now your care. Yeah, first option. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I try to get all captive bred animals and visiting their homes like Australia or Mexico is awesome, but I can't I can't be the one who has the snakes on a plane. I, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So awesome. So that is intentional, you know? If, if yeah. somebody's gonna hire me, you know, yeah. to go to California to do a show, then me bringing my animals is different than me actually taking them out of the wild. Right. Right. Is there, yeah, is there like any kind of restrictions around that or things that, that it's like more difficult to transport an animal to a different country? Uh, yeah, definitely. And you yeah. have to look that up, you know, per country's, you know, right. regulation. So, right. Yeah, but sure, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's like taxes to transport animals? <laughs> well, also there's just different rules too, because, you know, sometimes yeah. you don't want something to get loose and possibly get introduced or something yeah. like not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's there's tariffs tariffs on on that and restrictions on on species interpopulation. So that is amazing. What is the next animal, Marissa? Okay, well here's a really cute one. Aww. Oh, <laughs> turtle. This is a turtle. His name is Boxy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Boxy's an eastern box turtle. So I'm from Ohio. He's kind of in our region and really a very broad region as well. So, hmm. um, but uh, yeah, box turtles are, are especially cool mm -hmm. and they are, they're equipped with a special little hinge here, actually. In the bottom of the shell, there's a little line here mm. and this turtle can actually pull inside of its shell like most turtles can um, and actually completely close the door. <laughs> What? So this, this moves. So they can close up and be just looking like a shell entirely. Wow. And wow. all their body is tucked inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And so, so this turtle, this species developed an adaptation that instead of just having a stagnant, you know, top shell and bottom yeah. shell, but they can yeah. pull in, but there's still like kind of the holes that a creature could get in or something like that into those, those holes and crevices. This one shuts the crevice and protects themselves more effectively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Wow. Yep. So what, what really lessons cool. does Boxy teach you and you share with your audiences? <laughs> You know, I, I think that sometimes, especially when, like, an idea is fresh, like, when you're just working on something, yeah. like, you know, sometimes you need to share it with some people, but sometimes you need to actually keep it within and mm. just kind of shut the door and, like, yeah. work on your fresh idea before, you know, you, you share it with somebody because they might just kind of try squishing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just be like, no, no outside world for right now. Wow. Wow. So it's like really knowing when to go within and, and nurture the idea, nurture ourselves, take care of ourselves even, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. hey, when do we stop like going out and maybe going to the events, going to the parties, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. the things outside mm -hmm. and just really nurture ourselves and tend to ourselves. So it's a great, great metaphor for that. Oh, yeah, totally. Love it. Rad. OK, so there that's bo Boxy. Bye, Boxy. Who's next? Okay. <laughs> How many more you want to see, Chris? Uh, we got like one or one or two more. We're we're good with okay. one or two more. Do you want do you want to see one last big one? One last big one. Let's go. Oh, well, do you want to? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do a little. We'll we'll do two more. I I talked with my uh 
my coworker here, and he, he thinks you guys need two more. <laughs> okay. I love it. Bring it on. All right. Well, this next one is a one that started off this big. It could actually fit in the palm of your hand. Okay. And I I got it when it was really little. It was given to me as a gift, like a Christmas present. Yeah. And, uh, well, it did not stay small. It grew. No, and it's, it is still growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. So <laughs> i got to pull up my muscles here. Yes. Right? <laughs> Look. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is a that is a honking honking. What is it? Is it a tortoise? It's a tortoise. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, South African spurred tortoise. Wow! And they can grow to be two hundred pounds. What? Yeah. Wow. So it's pretty crazy. Um, and I think I can't hold it much longer. <laughs> uh, is it, we got we got the view, girl. We got it. <laughs> Did you did you know you'd be doing a workout this this interview? <laughs> you know, I figured it was gonna be a workout with you, if not mental, something else. So <laughs> that's right, that's right. You got both. You got the best of both worlds, mental and physical. Like, come on, come on. We we just right. over deliver. Right? We we over deliver here at the twelve hour marathon. My goodness, For the GPS. Podcast. I just love it. <laughs> I love it. So this, you know, this guy, he's like research right here. So when sometimes when you're going to go into something new, you got to open that book and do your research because you might, you know, not know what you're getting yourself into like me. <laughs> I love it. So what, what is this, this next beautiful, beautiful creature? Oh, this one is beautiful. Before I owned it, it was owned by a photographer. Mm. You really can't own an animal. Sometimes I kind of question that, but oh. uh, this one is beautiful and its name is Jingle. Jingle. Jingle's a beautiful girl. And she is a jungle carpet python. Wow. Ugh. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, she hardly she hardly fits in the screen, but she's got a gorgeous face, especially. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Beautiful pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So tell us about this python. Well, um, this python is an Australian python once again. Okay. Love it. <laughs> and uh, it's a really cool animal. It can sense its environment with its tongue, but also with little tiny holes on the side of its lip. And mm. it feels temperature with those. So it can locate things even in difficult circumstances. So if it's like dark out, it can still uh, sense like the thermal image. Mm -hmm. So it can find its food. It can find warmth. Um, that kind of thing. Um, its skin looks like kind of like the sun filtering through the trees in the yeah. jungle. Yeah. So it would be so hard to see, you know, in the leafy areas. Mm. Yeah. And I think that this one, it just for me, it just it's just beauty, and mm. it just it just shows me how sometimes when you just live life trying to see the beauty in things, mm. it just enriches your life in so many ways. And so just look looking for the beauty. Mm. <laughs> Mm. And what's its name? Jingle. Jingle? Yeah. Jingle. Yeah. Jingle Jingle the Jungle Carpet Python. So <laughs> it, and I got it like at Christmas time and I was like, let's just call it Jingle. If I think of something better, I will. But no, it's Jingle. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's incredible. So 
uh, is there any big lessons? You, you mentioned beauty. Beauty is, is one uh, lesson from Jingle. Is there any lessons that we didn't get to that you think are really important from your animals, either Jingle or any of the other am animals that we didn't cover yet? Um, I think it's, it's kind of just a sense of discovery. So, mm. um, you know, as, as listeners are listening to them, listening to me talk about the animals, but also just looking at the animals, yeah. um, just, just thinking within themselves, like, what is some of the lessons that I can learn that Marissa mm. didn't even say that I need mm. to text Marissa after this and be like, Marissa, how did you miss this awesome life lesson? <laughs> uh, I think centering yourself on the animal and really thinking about it yourself as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I love that you shared that. And for anyone who's who's watching right now and you're watching live or the replay on Facebook, you know, comment if there's any big lessons that stood out for you that Marissa shared or if there's any that popped up. And Marissa's going to share how you can text her and stay connected with her via her cell phone, her her, her uh, website in just a second. But, you know, Marissa, I really I love what you've shared so far. And I just wanted to make sure, did we cover everything in terms of what we need to know about, uh, you know, being in wonder, being in discovery, all these beautiful animals and reptiles that, that you brought on here. Uh, is there anything that we, we didn't touch on that is important for you or did we cover it? I think we covered it very well. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Well, it's, it's, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, this is the first time that we've had live animals, live <laughs> reptiles on here and you did a phenomenal job. And I know at live events that you speak at and you train and, you know, like deliver a powerful, uh, you know, session and a talk and an experience for people like that. I'm sure is unforgettable. So why don't you share with our audience how they can stay connected with you, how they can get a hold of you, what they can do next and uh, just share it with them. It's, it's incredible. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Facebook is a great way to stay connected, learn fun facts, see great videos and pictures, and learn new things you never thought you would even ever learn at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, and Instagram as well. Okay. And um, phone number, obviously, you can give me a call or a text and love to connect and talk. Um, so oops, there goes my snake. It's just it's just reaching for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah, um, we do everything from one year old parties to mm -hmm. corporate events, and um, and I just I think it will definitely have a lifelong impact. It's something that you won't forget, and hopefully mm -hmm. you'll always see the world differently after having seen a show. Yeah. And they can go to your website. It's realmoftherreptile.com, right? That's that's another way yep. they can find out more. And they yeah. can also, your number, your phone number is 330-546-3340. That's your professional number that they can contact you at. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. And I also wanted to touch on before we continue, because I know it's, it's like big, I, I mentioned it in your intro. Um, you got featured on Discovery Channel because of, yeah. of your, your expertise. Can you tell us about that real quick? Yeah, they, they were doing a, um, a piece. It was called Snaketacular. Yeah. It's the same people who do Shark Week, uh, Sharktacular, wow. same company. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to do one on, on snakes. And different, they had different viral videos, and they mm -hmm. wanted a female snake expert, so they mm -hmm. called me. <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, so I got to go there and uh, and weigh in on the different videos and, and give you know expert opinion on the videos, what was going on there. Uh, awesome. It was great. It was fantastic. Really cool. Um, the lady who picked me up from the airport, she she worked on Dancing with the Stars with Bindi, Steve Irwin's daughter. Wow. And so, yeah, wow. so I got a got a message back from from Bindi and Terry they 
gave me a magazine and she she enjoyed talking with them about about me and having met me on the show so it was really cool Wow. Incredible. Incredible. So Marissa, this has been a blast and I want to wrap it up with even more fire and, and just something from your heart, a, a message, a greatest possible self message that someone out there who's, who's looking for some encouragement and a reminder of who they really are, uh, despite what's going on in their circumstances and what they're dealing with. Why don't you give them that GPS message they need to hear, Marissa? All right. I actually wrote a special quote for you guys for this moment. Ooh. Yes. The best way to face your fear is to know it because then you will not have a fear of the unknown. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because a lot of times when I go and do animal shows, people are scared of snakes and it's really because they don't know them. They don't know anything about it. And in, in the, the word known, like gnosko, it, it means like to know, to experience on that kind of a level. And they don't have any experience that they haven't known anything to that depth. So then when I come in and I, and I show them, hey, the thing that you were scared of, let me tell you about it, learn about it. And then they come away from the show without fear. They're so excited. They touch it and they go, oh, I want to do that again. And so a lot of the things in my life and probably in other people's lives that, that I fear once I face it and once I actually know it, it, it doesn't even become fear anymore. It's not, it's not mm. unknown. I know it. So I don't fear it anymore. Mm. Amazing. And, and having the distinctions, the support, the wisdom, the, the holding the, the container in the safe space of an expert like yourself, like you providing that safe space allows people to confront those fears knowing that, hey, you know, Marissa's telling me I can do it. Marissa's telling me I can take the next step. I can, I can, you know, be courageous. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, trust in her. And so I think that that's, that's really powerful and something you provide for your, your clients and the community as well is just really reminding them that, hey, like when you have the right team and support around you, anything's possible. That, that is a good word, yes. Because yeah. definitely when people, experts have spoken into my life, yeah. like I look forward to talking with you even more later and I talk to Wayne Myers and like, you know, when you have somebody in your life who says like, hey, this is how it is, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see it that way. Mm. And now you're know, able to grow to the next level and it's amazing. Mm, I love it. I love it, Marissa. You are incredible. You're such a treat and a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Again, everyone, connect with Marissa, send her a text, give her a call, let her know what your uh, lesson was that you discovered, your biggest takeaway. The number is 330-546-3340 and go to realmoftherreptile.com and definitely connect with Marissa on Facebook as well. So Marissa, thank you so much and keep doing the thank amazing you. work you're doing. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. We'll see you soon, okay? Bye-bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry 
and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.